Hey, it's your girl Kay, and you are listening to What Would Kay Say? I'd like to say good morning to everyone. Good morning, my good people of the world. I am coming to you from the gorgeous borough of Brooklyn, home of all things good. (laughs) Now, let me begin by doing my housekeeping and my announcements. Once again, I'm coming to you on Radio Free Brooklyn. We are a nonprofit, independent radio station broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. And we need your donations. We are 100% funded by all the donations that you guys give to us. So if you want to keep having shows like mine, those shows like Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, shows like VPR Music, shows like New in New York, and all those other shows that we have on, you need to donate. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, hit the donate button, or better yet, go to the list of shows, pick the show that you like to hear, donate to the show sponsor that show keep that show on the air however you want to do it 
we can use your money. We appreciate your money. We love you for your money. So donate so that you can keep things going here on this radio station. So now that I've got my housekeeping and announcements out the way, I like to say, let's start with the elephant in the room. Happy Father's Day, guys. Happy Father's Day. Yes, it has been a rough six months since we broke the new year. But to all you fathers out there, and to all you fathers who really got an opportunity to prove how much you love your children because you were now quarantined with them for the last 90 or so days, I salute you. Happy Father's Day. And on another note, I also want to say happy belated Juneteenth. It happened Friday. It was the 19th of June. And now a little background on Juneteenth. That was, now I got this straight from the internet so I could get a full understanding of what they say Juneteenth is. Juneteenth was a non-federal American holiday and an official Texas state holiday celebrated annually on the 19th of June in the United States to commemorate Union Army General Gordon Granger announcing federal orders in the city of Galveston, Texas on June 19, 1865, proclaiming that all slaves in Texas were now free. Although the Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves in 1863. This, they say, was due to the fact that Texas was the most remote state. That's why they received the information late. Hmm. Now, you know, when I see that understand, that explanation of the understanding as to why they still held slave to, held slaves two years past the time when they were actually free, I say to myself, hmm, they didn't receive the information that the slaves were free, but they received the information that the war was over? Or did they just continue to send soldiers over to the other side to just keep fighting and keep fighting and keep fighting? No, they knew that the war was over. And, uh, well, what do you know? You were fighting a war to stop the slavery, right? So if the war was over and you got word that the war was over and the North won, because of course you'd want to know if somebody told you the war is over, you'd be like, well, who won? Well, if the North won, that means there were no more slaves, right? I'm just saying. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I'm just saying. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just saying. It worked for them for a minute, right? Until the word reached. And then, of course, you know there was a mad exodus and everybody got the heck out of Dodge. The lies you tell yourself, right? So, again, happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth to all of you. Now, 
this has been a very busy weekend, right? A very busy month of June. But of course, what else would we expect in the year of 2020, the year of vision, where all things are being and will continue to be revealed. So now, today's show, I want to talk about a little bit about another documentary that I came across. Hey, I'm so sorry. I seem to have getting a tickle in my throat. And I always get a tickle in my throat whenever I'm giving out information that makes sense and I need the people to hear. But you know what? Devil, you are a liar and you will not shut my mouth. So now, today I want to continue with what we were talking about last week. Last week I had started telling you about documentaries that I started watching because I wanted to educate myself more on more on black history. But now when I think about the concept of black history, I personally want to refer to it as the black experience because history is something that happened in the past, right? And they say, don't forget your history or you'll be liable to repeat it, right? Well, what do you call actions that constantly keep replaying over and over and over. That's not history because if you would look at history and not repeat it, then black people wouldn't still keep living the same things over and over and over. So me personally, I don't look at it as black history. I'm looking at it as the black experience here in America. That's just the way I'm looking at it because it won't become history until it no longer is happening. And I could refer back to what used to happen, not what is still happening today. So I was watching documentaries on the black experience here in America and the ideologic, the ideal, the ideology <laughs> that keeps black people where they are, right? And we know that it began with slavery and then it moved into the Jim Crow laws, which was when they started incarcerating us because that was another way of keeping us as slaves, keeping us under their foot, keeping us under control. And then they moved even to be even a bigger role in that because they were mostly just incarcerating the black men. And then, you know, there were women thrown in there here and there, but then they started taking our kids too. They would take our babies and now they're in the foster system or now they're, they oh yes, just put it up for adoption because you can't afford to keep this child and all these other things that they just keep drumming on top of us to keep us where they want us to be, right? Because we don't have any money, so we don't have any place to live. So all these things that they did to keep us under their foot, right? Imagine going from working for free, right, as a slave, to now having to live in the streets with nowhere to go and no money because you're now free. So automatically you're now supposed to just have this newfound sense of identity. Like, oh wow, I know what to do. I've been, I've been wanting to be free because I knew when I got free, I'd be able to do this. Interesting. The lies you tell yourself, right? So last week I spoke about the birth of a movement, but I spoke about that in, in, you know, depth. 
but now I wanted to talk about the other one. And I did touch upon the other one, the uncomfortable truth, but I'm using this as a segue into another one that I saw. So I want to remind you in the uncomfortable truth, that was about a white man who from a racist post, he decided to do a background check on his family, right? Cause his mother was a civil rights activist and he was looking at his friends and he was listening to the comments that they were making regarding black people, regarding Asian people. And it just made him think, you know what? My mother was a civil rights activist. How do I have all these friends that continue to talk all this rhetoric and spew all these lies about other groups? And my mother was totally against that. So he did a deep dive into his family come to find out everything that he thought was true. The things that they told him were true about his family wasn't actually true. So that was an eye opener for him, right? Like they said they had over a hundred slaves on their plantation. And when the slaves were freed or allowed to be freed, they told their slaves, if you stay here, we'll pay you. But if you want to leave, you can go. And all the slaves stayed, but, but one, only one left. But in reality, they only had six slaves. And when they were told that same line, those of you who want to stay, we will pay you. And everyone who wants to leave can go. Everyone left, but one slave. But because that's how that story was told that their family treated their slaves so well, that's the story that got passed down, passed down generation to generation to generation that that's what happened in his family, right? The lies you tell yourself. So now I watched another documentary. Now this one was called little white lie. And this one, I'm not going to spoil the story for you, but this is another film written by another individual talking about their family truth and their family history as they knew it. But only this person that's telling this story is of mixed race. But here's the twist to it. She wasn't aware that she was mixed race, right? She was unaware that she was black until she was accepted into college and the school actually told her that she was black. Now here it is, because when she was filling out her, her application, she always felt uncomfortable growing up as a young girl, right? She was raised in a Jewish household, was taught all, everything that had to do with the Jewish religion. They were actually practicing Jews, went to synagogue, um, did all the rituals when it came to Passover, to... Um, Young Kippur, she had, she was bat mitzvahed, all that stuff she went through, but she was raised as being a white Jew, grew up in Woodstock, New York, the whole bit. She was always wondering why when she went to school, everyone always looked at her differently, but they accepted her because they accepted her parents. They grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. There were no other black kids in her school. Everybody in the neighborhood was white. So when they saw her and they saw that she had a little, <laughs> like it's funny, they described her as having a golden glow 
a little gold tinge to her when she was born. <laughs> and how they how they explain that away is because on her father's side of the family, the father had Sicilian in the bloodline. So if anybody knows anything about Italians, the Sicilians have darker skin than the other Italians. So that was the explanation that was given as to why she looked darker than the rest of the family and her mother and her father. And everyone just accepted that as being the story. Cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, that's the story they went with. That's the story they told. Friends, they all believed it. Everyone just carried this conversation on for the girl's entire life. Even though her hair was curly, but her mother's hair was curly. So if you know, if you, if you see Jewish people, you'll see that their hair is wavy. A lot of their hair is wavy as well. Their hair is not all straight all the time. So she just looked at it as, okay, my hair is wavy because my mother's hair is wavy. My skin is tanner than the rest of everyone else's skin because my great grandfather is Sicilian. Everyone went with that story. And that's the story that was perpetuated through her entire life until she went to apply for college. And when she saw the groups that you can check, she always felt a little funny. And it wasn't until she got in high school, because when she got in high school, she went to um, outside of the town to go to school, which was more diverse, which had black people in the school. And the black people was always looking at her like, why is she trying to keep passing like she's white? And we can clearly see that she's black. And she couldn't understand why they were treating her the way they were treating her. Cause they used to always ask her, well, okay, well, what are you, what are you mixed with? And she'd be looking at them like, what are you talking about? I'm white, I'm Jewish. And they would just look at her and start cracking up. Like, okay, if you want to keep playing that game, you could play the game. And she happened to meet another mixed boy in school. And he could clearly tell she was mixed because he was mixed. So they would talk to each other and they actually started dating and he would pose a lot of questions to her and questions that she was just like, why do these people keep questioning me about what I am, what I am? So when she was even telling her story to him, he said he was looking at her sideways like, okay, if that's what you want to believe, even he was like, I don't understand why she keeps going on with this lie. Long story short, when she went to apply for school, when all these questions circle in her head now and with everybody wondering what she is and even her kind of looking at herself as being different, but because they had explained it away with the great grandfather, she was, she accepted it and kept living her life. When she sent in her application, she left it blank as far as ethnicity. But with the application, they asked for all freshmen to submit a photograph of themselves. Now she was going to Georgetown university. When Georgetown university got her photo, they threw her into, <laughs> they accepted her into the college as being a black woman. So they had already defined her ethnicity. And then once they got wind that she was a black woman, then the black student organization got wind that, oh, you have another one here. You could reach out to her and you could invite her to the meeting. So lo and behold, they sent her a letter, invited her to the meeting. And she said, when she went to the meeting, when she went to the meeting, that was her first time in her life 
where she actually felt within herself that she belonged. Because the black people, they just accepted her. They weren't questioning, well, what are you? Who are you? Why is your skin light? Why is this? Why is that? It was just like, okay, it's another light-skinned black chick that's coming to the college. And see, that's where I get the understanding of how white people don't understand race. It gave, this documentary gave me another sense of how white people don't understand race. And not that they don't understand it, they don't want to understand it, right? Her entire family never spoke about how she looked and why she appeared different to them. They just explained it away. They just told the story that her father's side has Sicilian on it and that that was it. That was the reason why she was, she looked as dark as she was. They never spoke another word. Her cousins never was able to stay. They never said anything. They just saw her and that was it. Right? The lies you tell yourself. But then you wonder why they tell themselves these lies, right? Why would you tell yourself this lie? And why would you continue to tell this lie and live this lie for the rest of your life? And I'm not just talking about her being of mixed, mixed race. I'm talking about just white people in general. Why do you act as though you don't see the racism that is happening in America and you live in America every day? How could you not see it? How do you not see it? But I'm going to tell you how they don't see it. I'm going to tell you how they continue to tell themselves these lies every day to that it becomes the truth for them. And remember last week I spoke to you about we're in a spiritual warfare, right? Right? We're in a spiritual warfare. Demons attach themselves to lies. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, there's good and there's evil. So I'm going to make it plain where there's good and there's evil in the world. Everybody knows there's good and there's evil. What? They have the yin and yang, whatever. Everybody knows there's two sides. I always say there's two sides of a coin. Everyone knows there's good and evil. Demons live on lies, right? They get into your mind and they cloud your judgment. Once you convince yourself that what you're saying is true, even though it's a lie, and they know that you're wavering on what God has as a standard of truth, they latch on to it. Now, you may not know the word of God and know that God's word is true, but demons know the word of God and they know what's true, right? So when you tell yourself anything that goes against what God said, God says is being true, they have you. They attach themselves and they continue to convince you that what you believe is truth is actually truth, right? And they continue to help you believe that what you believe is truth is actually truth. Because what does the Bible say about Satan? That he is the father of lies, right? I'm going to take you John eight, beginning with verse 31. Now this is Jesus speaking to the Jews, to the Jews who had believed him. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. We are Abram's descendants 
and have not been slaves for anyone. How could you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abram's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. This is their reply. Abram is our father, they answered. If you were Abram's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abram did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abram did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. You are not we are not, okay, excuse me. This is what they say. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you were unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me? Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, you won't believe me? You don't believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. That's the reason why white people or anyone who wants to maintain their racist beliefs are unable to see the truth. Jesus just explained it right there. When you read John 8, starting from verse 31 down to verse 47. Because they're following and they want to perpetuate what they want to believe. And he clearly tells them, you're following the works of your father. You're following what you've heard. Whereas he was doing what he saw his father do. Big difference. Big difference. And for all those, and that's why when I went back to the whole, how they brought us over here with telling us about God and how I said black people have always held on to God. They held on to what they thought God was saying to them. They held on what they wanted to believe God was telling them. That's how they were able to keep the lies going. That's how today they're able to keep the lies going. The lies they tell themselves, right? So 
when Satan gets hold of what you believe, right? He can twist it any way he pleases. So just as God has children, Satan has children. The demons that are here are Satan's children. If you know the story of Satan being kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be God, the whole nine, right? So he has demons that followed him. He has angels that fell with him when he fell. So if he doesn't believe he knows what God says, now don't get me wrong. Satan knows what God said because he was there. He was there. He was there just like Jesus was there in the beginning. They were all there. He knew what God said. He knew what God put out there to be true, right? But he wanted what he wanted. And so he twists the truth. He doesn't want us to know the truth, but like the Bible says, don't lead unto your own understanding because see, we don't have a standard of truth, but God has a standard of truth, right? Because in Proverbs three, five, and six, it tells us trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So that's the spiritual warfare that we're fighting. That's where we're fighting right now, right? And everything happens in the natural, but it happens in this, everything that happens in the natural happens in the spiritual realm first. But in order to fight that battle, you have to first start with renewing your mind. But before you can even renew your mind, you have to believe, right? You could, re you have to renew the way you think. Cause like, think about it. When you go to learn how to ride a bike or even drive a car, you have to tell yourself certain moves that your body has to make in order to get that car to go, like changing the, the, sh the shifting gears, putting your foot on the pedal, putting your foot on the brake. It's the one foot that you're using your right foot. You got to say, okay, I want to go step on the gas. Oh, I want to stop step on the brake. When you're riding a bike, you have to tell yourself, remember, although your legs are going around, pedal down, pedal down, right, left, right, left, keep your hands on the handlebar, keep the wheels steady, keep the bike going straight. All these things, you're renewing your mind of how to operate to do something so that you can now remember how to do it over and over and over and over, right? Like what we said about habits, but only deeper. So now, if your mind is already programmed to whatever the lie that you believe is the truth, and that's the way you've been living your life for centuries, because this has been going on for centuries, you have to now totally take that mind of yours and change it from what you understand to be truth and know that it's not true, right? And that can only come from when you first get an understanding of who God is and that he even exists. First, you got to even acknowledge that God exists. God exists and he is who he says who he is, right? And his son is Jesus Christ. You have to acknowledge those things. Once you acknowledge those things and come to the understanding of yes, that's what we all begin with. God is God. You can then start to entertain changing your mind, right? Because Romans 12 tells us two and three, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Humble service in the body of Christ. For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Remember, Paul was speaking to the Romans, right? When he said this, he was speaking to the Romans. And at that time, the Romans thought they were the cat's meow. They were the best thing since sliced bread and butter. But he was urging them to see things in a different light. And that's what we have to do. We as people, we as people of God, we as people who profess to be of God, but really need to mm, check ourselves if we really are of God, we need to check our minds and we need to start with renewing of them, right? We need to start renewing our minds, right? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So that you can see things in a different light, you have to first understand that God is who he is, that God is love, right? That God doesn't lie, he can't lie, that Satan is the father of lies, and we can't believe everything that he says right? But as humans, we give place to Satan. We allow him to control us. We don't want to change our behavior or the way we think. That gives him grounds to control us, right? I think with all this, I think I'm going to do a, a study on, like I did with habits and conforming of character, I'm going to do renewing of the mind. That's going to be one of the studies I'm going to do because that I need to go into that more in depth but I want to continue with this whole thing about the spiritual warfare because that's what I'm on right now. So now, in Ephesians 6, 10, and 7, 10 to 17, right? This is what it tells us, right? We have to finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you can be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That is what we need to fight this spiritual battle. It starts with truth, right? The full armor, 
you first have to start with the belt of truth around your waist. And if you keep perpetuating the lies you tell yourself, you need to start with the truth. You can't fight a war. You can't fight a war, the spiritual warfare that we're now um, in part, you know, a part of. You can't fight it if you don't have on the full armor. And you definitely can't fight it if you don't have on the belt of truth. You got to start with that first. So with this, I know that was a lot. I know I gave you a lot to take in right about now. So I think we need a music break. I like to give a music break to give everybody a chance to just think about what I just said. Because I know I, I, I put out a lot of things at you, but I put them out as it comes to me. As it comes to me, I give it to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. But right now, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to let you understand or soak in or think about what I just said. And when I come back, we'll continue the show. Enjoy the music. <laughs> table and no shoes go on my feet no food on my table and no shoes go on my feet Children cried for mercy. They got no place to call their own. Hard times, hard times. Hard times seem like it's yet a stay. Hard times, hard times Hard times seem like it's yesterday If somebody don't help me And I just can't be around free much long No shoes on my feet And no food go on my table Oh no, that's too sad My children crying for bread Do y'all want that bounce? Do y'all want that bounce? 
Touch like you yeah. or heal us like you do. 
All right, we are back. We are back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards, coming to you here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, normally this is the part of the show where I do question and answers, but for the life of me, no one seems to be sending me any more questions. I guess you guys are figuring I'm talking enough about what you want to know, or maybe you're just so overwhelmed that you just can't put it in the form of one question. So you're just like, I'm just going to let you talk, Kay, and handle your business. Well, I thank you for that. I thank you. So since we don't have any questions this week, I'm going to go straight into op-ed. I got a number of things to talk about in op-ed. Op-ed has gotten me this week a little on the, uh, a little upset. I'll, I'll just say it that way. I'm a little upset with the way things have been going in the news this week. Now, I want to touch upon, of course, you know, we already know about, <sighs> the killing of Brooks in Atlanta, which was so sad, right? So sad how they shot that young man in his back as he was running away. And there's just so many parts of that story that it just gets you so angry just to just think about it. How you knew that they knew the guy was drunk. They knew he was drunk. Why would you keep baiting him to just just keep doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff. And then, I don't know, I don't even want to get into that because that'll be another whole hour show. That's a whole nother hour show to talk about that. But once again, no one can understand why are they so against police? Why are they so against police? But also people, I want us to now become, to understand the law. 
And I had a conversation with someone earlier in the week and it is very important that people of color know your rights under the law. When the cops approach you, know what your rights are, know what they can do to you and what they can't do to you because they will try to disguise it like, oh, it's, you know, we can do this. If you don't know, you feel that if you tell them, no, you're not allowed to do that, that you're doing something against what they want. You know, you're doing something against the law. So that then gives them more power to do whatever they want to do to you. Know your rights, know your rights. Register to vote. Yes, I told you I was going to always talk about voting. We're back on the voting thing again. Vote for your council people. Vote for your assembly people. Get out there. Vote. But on top of all that, people of color and black people in particular, know your rights because they will come at you to try to trap you up in stuff because you don't know whether it's right or wrong what they're telling you and that's what lets them get away with what they can do. Whereas on a white person, and I'm just gonna put it out there because even though people say, oh, well, there's just as many white people getting killed or just as many b white people getting um, forcefully, um, you know, having cops be aggressive with them and you know what? I'm not disputing that fact and it probably really is a fact that there is just as many I'll give you that air quotations, just as many that's happening is happening to them, but I don't see it. I don't see it. When I turn my TV on, I don't see any white men's face pushed in the ground, knees in their neck, be it by their own or a policeman of color. I don't see it. So as long as I don't see it like with you guys, okay. We gave you a pass for over 400 years. You didn't see racism. You didn't see it. You don't understand why all this is happening. You don't understand. I don't see it. I don't see the white face in the ground, the, the knee in his neck. I don't see the white guy running away, getting shot in the back. I don't see the white man with the choke hole around his neck screaming, he can't breathe. I don't see it. So as long as I don't see it, I guess it don't exist because that's the story. The lies you tell yourself that you have been telling yourself, right? That's why I said, I didn't want to go in that. Or I did not want to go in on that, but you know, it had to be put out there. So I put it out there. There it is. So until I see it, as far as I'm concerned, it ain't happening to you. I don't see it. So now on to when we, there was a congressional hearing about why people of color were getting the COVID virus more than white people. And there was a Senator, she was actually speaking to a panel and she was giving them the reasons why, you know, we were getting it more because of, you know, the healthcare issues and, you know, we don't have the healthcare in our neighborhoods. We didn't have the testing until after everything came after the fact. Do you know what one of the senators up on the panel had the nerve to say? And here I am once again, I'm bad. I need to remember their names from now on. I'm going to write down their names so I could call them out for who they are. 
He actually had the audacity, the nerve to ask her a question. Do you think it's because people of color don't wash their hands like other white people do? Are you serious? When I heard that on TV, I was like, he could, did he just ask her a question pertaining to the fact that people of color are nasty? They don't wash their hands. How dare you add insult to injury on top of the fact that you think we're already lazy, shiftless, criminals, rapists, pedophiles, ignorant. Now you want to throw more salt on the wound and say we're nasty? At that part, I turned the TV off. I turned the TV off because it was getting me to, to the point where I can't take in any more of this stuff. And I'm also, because I know I can't take in any more of this stuff, I'm also going to do a show on the stress and trauma that black people are now under. Do you know that we're carrying more stress in our bodies now, today, than we do on a normal day? Because on a normal day, our stress level is already past 100. Past 100 when everybody else is maybe at 50, maybe at 30. I was already past 100 as soon as we put our feet on the floor. That's just on a normal day. But with everything else happening in the atmosphere, the stress that's being put on us, but because, see, thank you, Lord. There's always a reason why we have more stress on us because how else do you get a diamond, right? A diamond is created out of stress. That's why we're so valuable. That's why we're able to withstand. But with that, kitties, it looks like my time is growing short. I want us all to remember our word for the month, which is O obedience, right? That's what God is calling for us to be obedient. Read your word, people read your word. That's how you're going to know what he's telling you to do in this warfare that we are fighting, right? We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the principalities. So put your armor on. And here's our promise. Psalm 144, 15. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And with that, I want to say God bless. New York City is going into phase two. We're almost coming back to life again, people. We could actually go out. Be safe. Be careful. Wear your mask, right? Wear your mask, people. And this week is my birthday, so yes, you could all send me happy birthdays to WWK say today on my Instagram page or send me an email. What would K say? Drop me a line and say happy birthday to me. It's my birthday this week coming up. And I want you, I want you guys to be safe. I want you guys to take care of one another. I want you to love one another. Be there for each other. Wear your mask, like I said. And until we meet again next week, God willing, be blessed. I just want to make it to heaven. I just want to make it in. Oh, I just want to cross the river. My Lord. 
This life is over. 